Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Happy Thanksgiving! If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, then I'm really impressed that you're listening to my podcast on Thanksgiving. I'm actually honored. If not, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. But if you are, I hope that you're going to have a great Thanksgiving ahead. I am enjoying my Thanksgiving with my friend Addie, who's in town, who was on the podcast a few episodes ago, Addie Martanovic from Chickpea in the City. It's also my mother's birthday. I'm going to surprise her and say hello to her. It's going to be a fun Thanksgiving. We are making a bunch of different sides from my ebook, Gratitude, a healthy holiday guide for Paleo Thanksgiving, which is on my website. And also a few other things. Addie loves to make this green bean casserole from Hummus Sapiens. So we'll probably make that. I don't know what we're making for dessert yet as I record this, but I'm really excited. This will be my first Thanksgiving in my new apartment in San Diego. Moved in last weekend. It I'm still not unpacked, but we're getting there. And so far, I love San Diego. It's really nice. And I'm excited to be here. So it's fun. I can't believe that Thanksgiving's already here. This this year is flying by, but now the real fun starts because after today, it's full-on Christmas mode. I'm one of those people who waits until Thanksgiving is over for anything Christmas. And then if you guys have been following me for a while or listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I am hardcore Christmas fan, hardcore Christmas fan. So I'm very, very excited bringing out all of the Christmas movies, basically all I do. And honestly, I'm so excited because now that I don't live in a studio, I can put a full-size Christmas tree in my apartment. I, I'm just so excited. I also just wanted to say thank you to all of the incredible messages about the new ebook. I launched my, well, I released my new installment of hashtag no sugar, no problems, my dessert ebook, all paleo recipes for completely sugar-free, sweetener-free desserts. I worked really hard on this ebook and honestly, there's nothing out there like it. There are absolutely no sweeteners, so no stevia, no xylitol, no erythritol, no monk fruit, no bananas or dates, anything sweet like that. It's gut-friendly, blood sugar-friendly, just using the sweetness from natural whole foods, and these desserts are so delicious. I really, really hope that you guys like them and people have already been making them, which I'm so excited about. I know people are making some of the recipes for Thanksgiving, but it's perfect at this time of year because 
I know that this time of year can be tough if you're on any type of sugar-free diet, whether that be for personal reasons or health reasons. And I don't want you to feel like you are missing out if you don't have to. So this is a great way to have a dessert and join in on the fun, but you don't have to have any of the sugar sweeteners that might disrupt your digestive system or your blood sugar. I'm a huge fan. These recipes are out of this world, honestly. I I impressed myself. If you loved part one, you will love this even more, I promise. So you can pick that up at bit.ly slash nsnp2 or go to my website, christinaricewellness.com. It's under the eBooks tab and use that discount code wellnessrealness for 20% off. I've got all types of recipes in there. I have a bunch of different cookies. I have brownies. I have some cakes. I have a mug cake. What else do we have? A bunch of different types of fudge, a tart, a bunch of bars. There's a good combination of no-bake recipes and bake recipes which is great because some people I know really don't like to bake, easy to make, last forever. And there are also a ton that are vegan. 24 of the recipes are vegan. Only two contain berries. And then two recipes have lemon, two have avocado. And besides that, it's completely fruit free. So I hope you guys enjoy these recipes. Hmm, I think that you should make the pecan pie bars. They're really good. Also, the peppermint crunch snowballs this time of year. The mint chocolate fudge is divine. Also, almond butter cheesecake. I did a copycat of one of my favorite desserts from one of my favorite restaurants in LA, Sun Cafe. They have this almond butter cheesecake that's epic, and I made my own version sugar-free. It's even better than the original. I'm obsessed with that recipe, but that's just some, some good ideas for you to get started, so make sure you check that out. And if you make anything from the ebook, tag me, use the hashtag, hashtag no sugar, no problems, and then tag me so I can see because I love seeing what you guys are posting. I also just want to remind you that it's Thursday today. So this weekend is, well, there's Black Friday tomorrow, then Cyber Monday, but there are a ton of awesome deals going on this weekend. So it's a good time to stock up on different products, start getting your Christmas shopping done. So Remember that Beauty Counter is going to have some killer deals. Great time to get holiday sets, get your holiday shopping done. And if you want to shop with me as your consultant, you can go to beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice. Primally Pure has some really awesome deals going on. I know Amazon will be crazy as usual. Four Sigmatic and Vital Proteins are probably going to have some deals. For Four Sigmatic, you can use my code CRW for an extra 15% off. Just take advantage of this and then you can also use discount codes on top of whatever sales are going on so you get the cheapest prices. Just trying to give you a little heads up so you know what's up. That's what I wanted to remind you about. Let's talk about today's guest because I'm really excited. Today I have Laura Repsis on the podcast and Laura is an IIN certified holistic health coach but she's also a certified primal health coach and she is the director of admissions for the primal health coach institute she also owns a crossfit gym and works there so mainly right now she's running the crossfit gym she is helping lead up the primal health coaching program and then she's also doing 
her own health coaching with clients. She started off in the finance industry and then eventually left for health coaching and has been pursuing a career in ancestral health and fitness. She's a working mother of four. This woman balances it all. She's in Illinois, totally just killing it and absolutely loved chatting with her. She is such great vibrant energy and I wish that you guys could see her facial expressions when she was talking because we'll we skype we skyped and I she makes me laugh so hard because it's her facial expressions as she talks she's just hilarious I love this woman but I wanted to have her on the podcast not only because she's just awesome but Like I mentioned, she's in charge of admissions for the Primal Health Coach Institute, and I am a certified Primal Health Coach, so I originally got certified as a Primal Health Coach, and then after that, I did the Nutritional Therapy Association and become a Nutritional Therapy Practitioner, and the Primal Health Coach Institute honestly blew me away because it was a program that I really hadn't heard anything about, and then I took it and after I, I went through it, well, as I was going through it slash after I went through it, I just was thinking, why is no one else taking this? Like, this is the best program ever. I learned so much in that program. I go back to that material all the time. They are amazing in terms of supporting you in business practices. And I really think that I'm personally really glad I did both NTA and the Primal Health Coach program because they both gave me um, different information and advice and tools. And I think that the Primal Health Coaching program in terms of health coaching, I think that personally, I mean, I guess I'm biased, but I really think that the Primal Health Coach Institute is amazing. And I wanted to talk more about that on the podcast because I have gotten so many emails recently about programs. A lot of people email me asking me my opinion on different health coaching programs and career advice and all of this. And so I just kind of wanted to share more about this program and my perspective. And you can kind of get a taste of what the program is like. And also just talking about health coaches in general, whether or not you do Primal Health Coach Institute. Um, We talk about the importance of health coaches, any struggles that they might face, how you would know if this is a good career path for you, what you can do with this type of certification, all that jazz. So getting a little more into the business side of things as well. We also do just talk about health. Um, In the beginning, ancestral health and Laura's philosophy towards that, which is very similar to mine as we basically were taught the same principles and believe in the same principles. But then she shares more about um, the business side of things and coming from her perspective as being in charge of admissions. So I think this is going to be a really helpful podcast for a lot of you because I know a lot of people listening to this are either health coaches or interested in the field. And so it might be a really useful perspective. And if you want to learn more about this program and if after listening to this, you have any more questions regarding the program, please let me know. I'm happy to share more because I really want to help you guys figure out the best choice for you specifically. For me, this was the perfect choice. Um, so I just want to make sure that you get you know, the experience that you want because that's what's most important. So I loved this program and I just, it shocks me that more people aren't taking it. I learned so much. I still go back through the material, like I mentioned. So it's incredible. But anyways, this conversation with Laura was so much fun. Loved chatting with her. I think that you guys will really enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Laura Repsis. 
Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've been super excited to chat with you. Can you start by just telling my listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, so I am a certified primal health coach, um, but I'm also a CrossFit affiliate owner. I own a CrossFit gym. If you had told me that 10 years ago, Laura, someday you'd own a CrossFit gym, I'd tell you you were high. <laughs> but I am. Um, and I'm also a MoveNet sort of level or MoveNet level one certified trainer. That's a mouthful. But I work for Primal too. I work for Primal Health Coach Institute. I joined this team when Mark upgraded the Primal Blueprint Expert certification to the health coaching certification. Mm. I was their first employee. Wow. And I came on. Yeah, pretty neat, right? Yeah. So I've been here for two years and I get to coach people into the program basically, right? Answer a lot of questions and and try to encourage those that I think would be a really good fit for health coaching in general, mm-hmm. right? And then a good fit for our program and our community to go ahead and, and give it a try. And then I, it's kind of morphed into this where I'm on the faculty now with my colleague, Aaron. And so we do a lot of coaching the coach type work for Primal as well. Okay, cool. Well, I want to dive more into what you do for Primal later, but I kind of want to backtrack because I always like to hear about what got people into this whole space to begin with. So can you share a little bit about kind of your journey to finding coaching and Primal Blueprint, all of that? Yeah. So mine started much later. Um, I, you know, I really, I was almost 40 by the time I really understood the power of food Mm -hmm. and lifestyle in general. And that's because you know, I ate what I thought was a relatively healthy diet my whole life. My mom was always big about balanced meals. We knew vegetables were good for us. We knew a lot of sugar was not, you know, that kind of stuff. But then, um, I got married at a young age. I was like 24 when I got married and had my first kids in my twenties and they, we all ate the normal standard American diet. But again, I tried to implement this balanced lifestyle, but then I was divorced when my kids were little and I was a single mom for about 10 years and I was in a field that was highly competitive, highly male dominated. What were you doing? There was a lot of, I was in finance. I spent 20 years in finance. Wow. Um, and my last 12 of those years was, um, I was a, what's called a wholesaler. So my job at the time was to cover a territory. So I covered the whole top half of Illinois basically. And I would get in my car and I would drive around from office to office and visit financial advisors. And I would, you know, educate them on what the financial products my company produced did for their clients and tried to encourage them to purchase my mutual funds or separately managed accounts or whatever, highly competitive, highly stressful job, but it paid really well. And as Mm -hmm. a single mom with a chip on her shoulder, then I never wanted to have to rely on somebody else for my own financial security. Again, it was a great move for me, you know, but I had gotten sick Um, during that whole aftermath, I don't know if you recall the whole credit crisis that went down in 2008 and nine in the financial markets. Okay. So I had colleagues losing their jobs left and right. I was a nervous wreck. Everybody was because everything was melting down. Um, and it was a very stressful time period, obviously. And I was trying to stay, you know, relatively slim given the fact that I literally had to eat out every single day probably twice a day. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So we all know the problems with eating out. Now I know at the time I didn't realize, but, um, and I was exercising like an idiot. 
Okay. Trying. What were you doing? <laughs> oh my God. I was such a cardio bunny. I was either running <laughs> like, yeah. Or I was on the elliptical machine and then I would start to do, gee, I kept reading that I should probably start strength training. So I had these little like five pound, 10 pound dumbbells and you know, I thought yeah. I was weight training. Um, but it, you know, what I found out is all that eating out the meticulous calorie counting and low fat diet that, you know, Hey, look, I was not somebody who was eating the Taco Bell diet and couldn't figure out why I was sick. Right. Mm -hmm. I was trying to be healthy, eating a lot of low fat dairy, a lot of low fat yogurts and cheeses and a lot of healthy whole grains. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but then just the stress and the inflammation of the way I was exercising all caught up with me. I didn't know this at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had, I just thought it was, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, I definitely recognized stress was probably a big part of this. But I went to see probably four or five different doctors. No one could really tell me what it was wrong. I had the, just this collection of little symptoms that kept getting worse and worse. Like I couldn't sleep. I had chronic sinus infections. I was always drippy, which led to a cough. I had chronic headaches. Um, and at, at some point, I mean, I, I, I thought I had allergies. I thought maybe I had some sort of I, – I mean, I didn't know. But I was on – prednisone. I was on allergy medicine. I was on cough medicine. I was on pain medication. I was on sleep medication. I was only 38. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not 88. What the hell's going on? And finally, one of my clients, I went, walked into an advisor's office with a bag of Hall's cough drops <laughs> because that was the only way I could hold a conversation. That's how bad it was getting. And uh, he just said, you know, you don't, you don't really look good. What's going on? You know, so I was just explaining what, what was happening and he just referred me to his doctor. He said, look, if you have an open mind, go see this guy. And this was a nat- more of a naturopathic doctor. He was actually a chiropractor who also did Chinese medicine and um, acupuncture, things like that. So he was the first doctor that used language like, well, your immune system is compromised. We have mm-hmm. to figure out why your immune system is compromised. I have a feeling it's because you've been all these on all these antibiotics. He definitely felt I probably had some sort of intolerance to the foods I was eating. Um, and so we just did an elimination diet. And I, I don't know, I had a handful of Chinese herbs and some probiotics. And honestly, Christina, six weeks later, I was a whole new person. Wow, that quickly. Yeah, six weeks. I was no longer coughing. The drainage got better. I was sleeping. I mean, it really was that fast. And I was on no medicines. All my medicines were gone. And then I started to kind of add foods back in, you know, once you finish an elimination diet, try to see what you can tolerate. And it became clear what didn't work well. And so I started Googling recipes because I missed ice cream. That's always been my weakness, right? (laughs) And I'm Italian, right? I'm Italian, so I missed certain things that I grew up with. So I was looking for recipes, grain-free this, dairy-free that, soy-free, whatever. And I kept seeing references to this thing called a paleo diet. I didn't know what that was. And then I found Mark's book, right, The Primal Mm -hmm. Blueprint. I found Rob Wolf's book, Nora Gedgaudis's book. Like, I read all of them. And Mm -hmm. it was this big, like, oh my God, has this information been out here this whole time? Yeah. Right? This whole time, this information has been here. Why didn't I know about it? I thought I was eating a healthy diet when really what I, sh- I should have been literally been doing the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got pissed off. I got mad, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm going to be a part of the change, you know? <laughs> so I started just telling everybody, I can hear about it. You know what it's like when you kind of figure this out. You get really evangelical. Yeah, I would definitely did that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And you tell everybody who will listen until no one wants to listen to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And your eyes roll. They're like, here she goes again. So I started blogging about it. 
Mm-hmm. I've started a little blog. It's called Mom Gone Paleo. I actually haven't written in like two years, but I still had the blog up there. But um, a couple of people started to actually read it, you know, and then it was a friend of mine um, who just said, you know, you should probably consider becoming a health coach. I didn't even know what that was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, what's that? And so she started telling me about a, pro- a course that she was in. And so I looked into that. And then I looked into, I tried to look for a coaching program that was actually rooted in paleo principles or ancestral health principles. And there wasn't one at the time. It didn't exist. So I just took the most generic one I could find, honestly. <laughs> and um, I just, I just, whatever, I thought I needed a credential yeah. and I felt it, it didn't really have any kind of dogmatic. I mean, I, so I ended up enrolling in IIN at yeah. the time because it was one of the largest, it was online. I mean, look, I was a single mom working 60 hours a week. I couldn't afford to go back to school and all these other things. So I graduated from there and it was fine, but I had to really build everything from scratch, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I kept looking, as you know, when we get into this passion, we tend to always be students. And that's when Mark rolled out his program, his first program about five years ago. And I took that and I've been kind of coaching ever since and just trying to find my way, uh, because in the back in those early days, there really just wasn't much. There weren't that many programs available back then. What was there didn't offer much in the way of actual support as it relates to building a program, Mm -hmm. starting a business, actually owning a practice. So, um, but it's been one foot in front of the other ever since. And, you know, five years later, probably about five years, once I got really serious about wanting to leave, because I did it on the side Mm part-time for a very long time. But it was great. I mean, I just made extra money. I was able to go on better vacations and do something I loved and, you know, helped put Matt through college. And so that was great. But when I had the girls, when I had my twins Mm -hmm. at the age of 42, I mean, I was 42 when I was pregnant, 43 when I had them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing the whole finance gig. It's just too much. So that's when um, my husband and I opened our gym together with another friend. I happened to have this opportunity to invest in a CrossFit gym. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's the step in the direction. I pivoted, opened it. Three years later, I left that financial career. And I've been on this side ever since. That was kind of a long story. but No, there's a lot in there that – I really like want to tap more into and I'm glad you told the whole story because I think even just going back to the beginning when you're explaining the symptoms that you were struggling with, those are things that most people just live their their daily life with. Like in in America, people just and they don't think it's a problem. Whereas like you were you were aware enough to realize this isn't normal. But most people, you know, I'll talk to people all the time who don't really get my my side of things and they're right. like well I feel fine I feel great I don't need to change my diet and then two hours later like they're like oh I just always have allergies oh I'm always bloated oh I like never go to the bathroom oh, I'm like super tired I oh I like never sleep for the night and I'm like I thought you felt fine like well I do it's just these and I'm like no that's not the same thing you know so I think it's important to point that out like you were most people are not that self-aware to go to the doctor and be like this isn't normal yeah I mean, I, especially just given, I mean, I'm a lot older than you are. Right. But, Mm -hmm. um, at the time at 38, I was like, damn, I'm not like, as we age, like mentally in my mind, I I never saw myself that age, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was definitely feeling it. And I'm like, I don't, something's not right because I'm feeling older than I am, Mm -hmm. you know? 
And look, I, I definitely have always had this streak in me, this caregiver streak. So my motivation was always certainly to feel better, but man, and you know, if, when you're a parent in particular, you're like, I, if I go down, man, the whole house cards goes with me Yeah, and I can't afford that. Yeah. And that's the my message to a lot of the moms I work with about self-care because I ask him, look, if something happens to you, what, what's next? That's like yeah. an exercise I'll walk through with clients. Sometimes I want you to envision for a minute. What happens if you go down? Mm-hmm. If you're not here and you're not capable, what happens? And that can tend to really motivate people to say, you know what, you're right. Yeah. People definitely don't think about it like that. Do you mostly, is there like a certain type of client you typically work with? Like, do you work with a lot of other moms? Yeah, I think I tend to attract people that can relate to me. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, I've, I picked up quite a few clients from my old career. That is not a healthy career being any kind of traveling professional. I work really well with because I know what that's like. Yeah. Uh, Crossfitters. I get a lot of crossfitters too. CrossFit nutrition is kind of a wonky deal, right? Because it's not strength training. It's not cardio. It's a kind of a combination of both. Plus you never really know what you're going to be doing from day to day. Mm -hmm. You've got early morning people. You've got late afternoon people. You've got folks that want to lose fat. Some who want to add muscle, some who want to perform. There's no one size fits all approach to CrossFit nutrition. There's no one size fits all approach to nutrition period. Mm -hmm. But even CrossFitters, there's a uniqueness in every client and, and just understanding how to fuel for that. But I do get a lot of moms and families okay. um, that, that want to also figure out how to incorporate this for their family and their kids. That's a big one too. Yeah. I want to, let's like kind of touch on each of those. Can we go back to like the busy finance person? Are there a lot of people who are in these high powered jobs that are just conducive to an unhealthy lifestyle? And I would love to learn more about some of the, tips you give people who are in jobs like that, who like feel like they don't have time for their health. They don't know how to make a switch to a healthier diet. Right. So the big part is just, you've got to kind of, you've got to rise above the quote unquote peer pressure when it comes to stuff like that. Okay. Um, because there's definitely the biggest thing when I, you know, I'll sit down with a new client in that area and I'll be like, look, you have got to stop eating like an asshole and drinking like an idiot, you know, <laughs> and they just laugh. And I said, no, I'm serious. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's looking in what most people don't realize is when you're, you're in this high powered job, you're eating out at expensive restaurants, you're getting, you know, high level restaurants still cook in garbage oil, mm-hmm. almost all of them. Right. Not to mention the need and like this overwhelming pressure to drink all the time and entertain. And, um, you have to step away from that and you have to decide, do I really want success and productivity mm-hmm. at the expense of my health or do I want to be able to have both? Because you can have both. The minute you just say out loud, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. That was the way, I, you know, I, all my clients knew I ate a certain way after a while. They would go out of their way to pick restaurants for me that they thought I would enjoy. Um, and the more vocal I was about it, people just, there, the, that kind of pressure to go away. It's like, I would almost equate this to any kind of change that you're afraid you're going to get some sort of a backlash for. Uh, There's always a way to incorporate it. So for folks that travel a lot, I mean, I, I've, you, I know you've done some traveling. You just have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I really think so much of it is, is an excuse. I'm like, I can put me in any restaurant. I can make it work. Like 
you can make right. it work. Like if you somehow are in somewhere where there's literally nothing you can get, then just don't eat. Um, but right. I, I also always have like something in my bag that I'll eat. Like if I'm hungry, you know, um, I think right. a lot of it is it, it's just excuses and like people are being afraid to make a change. I don't think it's that hard to navigate menus if you just know what you're looking for. You're looking for veggies and protein. Right. Um, yeah. But that's part of the package, right? Yeah. That's part of my coaching package is to hey, send me the send me the menu of a couple of your favorite restaurants. Yeah. And let's talk about how you would order off that and we'll we'll simulate that or we'll go out. You know, that's that's a way to do it. And mm-hmm. being prepared. And also here's the other big one. And this is I'm sure you see this with everyone, and it goes across all of my clients, is realizing that it's okay to be a little hungry. Mm-hmm. Right. And that once the metabolic flexibility switch flips, Mm -hmm. that obsessiveness about food and the anxiety about food goes away. So it makes it a lot easier for a traveling professional to not worry about when they're going to eat next. It's okay. Um, You know, hey, I'm burning a little body fat here and I'll I'll eat when I get someplace where I could choose a decent meal. Yeah. Um, So... No, I agree. And that's why I'm like, I, people are like, I can't figure this out. Like, what about all my snacks? And I'm like, I don't need snacks. Like, you just eat your meals. Like, once you, like, flip your metabolism, you don't need to be snacking all the time. And then it's pretty easy. You know, it's so it's like, you only have to figure out what you're eating for those bigger meals. And so many people are hangry all the time, and depending on their snacks, and they're eating all day long, and it's just feeding this cycle. And I'm like, you got to actually eat a meal with some substance. I think a lot of people are afraid of eating like a big solid meal with like high calories, you know, because they're just used to snacking all day long. And I'm like, but if you just ate a big meal, you wouldn't have to snack in between. Exactly. Exactly. I just, and look, I was that person. I was that person who was literally thinking about when I was going to eat next Mm -hmm. (laughs) after I, you know, as I'm in the middle of lunch, what am I going to have for dinner? You know, um, and (laughs) I always had snacks in the car because I did. I definitely struggled with that low energy levels in the afternoon, after mm-hmm. lunch. Um, but when you s- flip that metabolism, all that goes away. And so you just have to get people over the hump. And that we can do relatively quickly. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. We can do that really within a few weeks. Um, but it's the other psychological stuff, that the things that come along the way, which is why I tend to have longer longer programs because behavior change takes longer. Metabolic change can happen quickly, but behavior change takes longer. Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest things that the, the biggest difficulties, especially going back to people with these more intense jobs is like these long working hours and they're very tied to their job and it's the stress, it's the lack of sleep and like feeling like they don't have time. I, you know, they're like, I go to work at eight and I come home at 8 PM. I don't have time to exercise. They don't, they're not moving at all during the day. They're not getting outside in the sunlight. Um, and then they're staying up late and they're barely sleeping. Um, so how do you work through that with people who are kind of making, like, they feel like their, their job is taking up their whole day? Yeah. So they have to schedule it. They've got to schedule time in their day for activity. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like an appointment, right? Mm-hmm. That you've made with yourself and you don't schedule over it. So that's one aspect of it. And it doesn't have to be a CrossFit class, right? It could just be whatever break you're going to take, you go for a walk instead. I've, I actually did that with clients from time to time in my wholesaling career, where when we had a nice day, we'd get out and just Hey, you want to go take a walk? You want to get outside? You know, yeah, I mean, we can jump on 
the computer and pull up Bloomberg or pull up Morningstar and take a look at how many star ratings my mutual fund has. Or we could just go for a walk and we can talk about why I think currency exchange rates are going to go where they're going to go and what that means for your clients' portfolios. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, let's get outside and go for a walk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's finding, t- first of all, scheduling time for activity, having a, a uh, device turnoff mode, like whatever time it is, set a, set a mode, TV does not go on, you have to put the, um, the phone away, the computer away. When you can't, we use, I always recommend those blue light glasses mm-hmm. uh, to try to filter out a lot of the blue light to get some of that um, sleep the serotonin, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, the melatonin, the whole circadian rhythm kind of back under control. But you've got to give yourself boundaries, work boundaries. If you don't have the balance, you will end up like me. And that's what I've told people. You will continue to end up ill. So you've got to prioritize your health. Otherwise, professionally, things are going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And I hate to break it to you, but there aren't that many companies that, that these days that are really all that loyal, <laughs> to their employees. They want loyalty from their employees, but they don't respond in kind. Mm-hmm. And they will find a way to replace you yeah. if you're not up to stuff. Yeah. Agreed. And I think so much of it is, again, people are just worried about how someone would respond if they asked, oh, do you want to like go walk and do this? People, And I'm like, you have to just ask someone and, and be confident in that and act like it's not weird. Because I always hear this from people. They'll say, people at my work will think I'm really weird. Like, no one else does that. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, just, no. just act like it's not weird. And then they won't either. You know, it's right. not going to catch on. We have such a big issue with, like, company cultures now because – People are just sitting all day. It's just, they're staring at their screens. They're not doing anything. And that's the norm. And like, we're not going to change. People complain about it. The people who are healthy are not complaining about it, but we're not going to change that norm unless you actually start like saying what you want to do and doing it. And then people have to catch on that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would bring a um, big yoga ball to the office up and that was going to be my chair. You know, um, I would make sure I got up to, to get up from my desk and walk around every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is bring loop your boss in on this. You know, if, if that's a situation and you've got a manager or a boss in the office, that's going to look at you strange and wondering why you're up and walking around just to explain to them exactly why this is. We, I need to be able to move more and look to a certain degree, a little bit of um, embellishment might not hurt. You could always talk about issues with your lower back, issues with your hip flexor now causing problems with you being able to walk and, and other mechanisms, right? You can just talk about what you're trying to do is overcome an issue because mm-hmm. for especially large companies, huge HR issue if your manager will not let you design a workspace that's healthy for you. Mm. Um, more and more companies are now allowing for things like standing desks. They might not pay for it, but they'll let you bring one. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Um, and, and, you know, I would, I would even, when I did have an office, right. And there were a ton of people around, but now that I think about it back, if I knew better, even when I was just sort of sitting in a cube, get up for five minutes and do 10 squats. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take, doesn't even take, it takes 10 seconds. Yeah. Right. Kind of break that up and do some little push ups against your desk. You know, who cares if people think you're a little bit weird, mm-hmm. they, you know, but at the end of the day, Really, they're just going to be a little bit jealous (laughs) that you're finding time to prioritize yourself and you're getting better. And there's always a lot of peer pressure in offices in particular. I hear it all the time from my clients, too. It was so I feel like there's a birthday every five minutes and someone's bringing cake. 
you know, and it's like, yeah, you know what, go in and sing happy birthday. Yeah. And walk away. Yeah. You know, I, I think people are making these judgments before even giving it a try. It's like, okay, so there's cake in there every day, but like, if you're a fat burner, um, and you're not hungry all the time, then you don't even want the cake <laughs> anyways, right. you know? So like, yeah, you, you think it's hard if you're making that judgment as like, you know, a sugar, a sugar, a sugar person. But once you flip that, um, the, like what your body's running off of, then you're fine. And the other thing is, I think, again, it's all the mindset. Like if you are going into work saying like, oh, this sucks. I have a, I have a job at a desk all day. I can't get my movement in. Then yeah, you're not going to. But if you say like, I can totally make it work. You will like works have breaks. Like, you know, you could park a little bit further from your office and then walk the rest of the way in. You have like 10 minutes of walking on your 15 minute break, walk around the building for 15 minutes at lunch, split your lunch up and like walk for half of it or all of it eat before or after, you know, and then same thing with your afternoon break and then take a little walk after work and you've hit 10,000 steps easily. Easily. And your workouts don't have to be what they, what mine used to be, which was like an hour of killing myself, right? A good high intensity, 10 minute, all you need is a kettlebell, maybe Mm -hmm. if that, right. There's a lot you could do body weight wise, seven minutes worth of burpees. That'll kick your ass. You do that three days a week. Right. Um, so there's, you don't have to build in these super, you don't have to belong to a gym. You don't have to build in these super long, like workout routines. And there's that, non-exercise activity thermogenesis is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And it's the biggest differentiator between calories burned in most people. Mm -hmm. You could have two people that go to the gym and do the same workout, but one person gets up and walks every five minutes. One person is standing at their desk, taking the stairs, walking further. That person is actually probably going to burn more than double the calories Mm -hmm. because all that adds up more throughout the day than an hour long workout that burned maybe the amount of calories in a Dunkin' Donut. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about working out because, I mean, you have a CrossFit gym that you still own. Do you still do CrossFit? I do. I do. Yeah. So I'm I'm usually coaching the 5 and 6 a.m. class like a idiot, but, you know, whatever I'm up. So I go to bed early. I'm the sleep Nazi. I'm in bed by like 8. I'm asleep by 9. Up at 4. I coach the 5 and 6 a.m. class three days a week, and then I get my workout in at 7. Okay. Um, So we when we opened this gym – I really, the reason I did it was so I could health coach people. I was just looking for an elevated platform mm-hmm. that, in order to leave that career. Cause I was making well into the six figures and I was supporting a family of six in Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. dude, that wasn't going to happen unless I found a way to scale something or give myself a bigger bridge. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I believed in CrossFit. I do believe that CrossFit is appropriate for all humans when done appropriately. And that's the big caveat right? Not everybody does it properly. Not all gyms are good gyms. Although I will say the percentage of gyms that are good gyms is getting wider and wider. Mm. A lot of coaches are beginning to realize what they don't know Mm -hmm. and really working hard at managing for form and intensity. And, um, you know, we really kind of view what we're trying to do here is CrossFit done intelligently. You know, we don't, we don't program workouts just to be hard for the sake of being hard. And so that people could go into work that day and be like, dude, you're never going to guess my workout today, man. It was, I mean, that's not what's important, right? There's a reason why they use the term RX on the board, right? At CrossFit, which it just stands for prescription, right? So here's the prescribed workout. Okay. So the assumption being that there's something you're trying to accomplish in that workout, Mm -hmm. right? So what I love about CrossFit is the ability to 
uh, tap into multiple modalities in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be there every day. Actually, three to four days a week is plenty for me. Mm -hmm. And it's plenty for most people. I do have some folks that their rest day, they still go for a run, you know, and but these are tend to be people that have body image problems. Yeah, you know, and and an unhealthy relationship with food, typically. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but I view activity as Actually, I view active diet and activity are the two big things that actually slow down the aging process. I don't believe that people stop working out because they get old. I believe they get old because they stop working out. Okay. Right? They stop yeah. moving. So, well, people might know, I'm going to assume it's very similar to like what we learn in Primal Health Coach Institute, but like maybe you can explain what you think is like the, the pillars of a good exercise regimen for most people. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. The foundation of that pyramid is just moving a lot, mm-hmm. right? If, so that you got to start there. If you, if your day is pretty much sitting still, get up and start moving more. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, I think the next rung on the ladder has got to be strength training. Mm-hmm. I just do. I just think we need to continue to cultivate lean mass because the older we get, the harder it is to both add it and maintain it. And then in additionally, as we get older, we start to lose bone density. Mm-hmm. And strength training is going to have the biggest impact on maintaining and improving both of those things. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get into sort of the high intensity, uh, short bursts of cardio that help help kind of train the heart, keep that nice and healthy. And both and all of those activities, low level movements, strength training and short bursts of hit, right? High intensity are the biggest, the best fat burning exercises we can do. And it's just the most efficient way to do it. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. Is there anyone that you don't recommend as hit? Well, I think we have to understand any, any injuries, mm-hmm. right. That we're, we're working on. We did have a client with a, that we saw this, he didn't tell us he had a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was in the middle of a workout and his heart rate just got way too high. Wow. Yeah. And it shocked him. So we're all freaking out thinking the guy had a heart attack when that wasn't it. It was his pacemaker did its job, shocked the shit out of him and basically said, stop that, you know, mm-hmm. and he was fine. And had we known that we would have intentionally made sure that he wore a heart rate monitor, that he kept his heart rate at a certain level. Um, because for, you know, that just really doesn't make sense. But I think the thing with hit High intensity training—it's a relative term. What's mm-hmm. intense for me is going to be different than what's intense for somebody who's brand new at my gym and really has never done that before. And it's going to be very different for the you know twenty-three-year-old competitor that's in there and really cranking things out. You mm-hmm. know, so it's it's a relative term. I think it's it's really depending on your own kind of central nervous system and how that's been trained and what the capability is, and working your way into it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, let's talk about diet a little bit and nutrition. Um, I think that sometimes people are wondering, like, if you work with a primal health coach, does that mean that you can only work with them if you're paleo? (laughs) That's a great question. And I get this a lot from people that have an interest in the course. So does this only teach one diet? Uh Or is it like that other program that teaches 100 different diets? Yeah. Right? Like that's a good thing somehow. So the first clue, there are not a hundred valid dietary theories. <laughs> There's not, not. Okay. And I also don't view paleo as a diet. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but I have a whole bunch of different clients and they all eat differently. Yeah. 
but they are all still within this realm of nutrient dense whole foods. Yeah. This is something that really bothers me. And I, I just let it slide off my shoulder and people are like, well, I don't do the paleo diet. Like it's a diet. Like when I say the word diet, I'm saying like, this is the way I eat. Like my diet right right now is, but it's not a diet in the sense of like, it's not a fad. It's literally a lifestyle and it's a template and it's adjusted. Like not everybody has the exact same macros. Not everybody is eating the exact same thing. Um, so that's definitely it's like my trigger point. I'm like if you it's say a pet fee, right? Yeah, if you say I'm like on a diet and you're trying to insinuate that it's just like a fad thing, like you don't understand my lifestyle. <laughs> you're at 100% right. And so I'll I've had people tell me, "Well, I tried that paleo diet, it didn't work for me." I'm like, "Oh, really? That's interesting. What version of the paleo diet did you try?" Yeah. And they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, cuz there's no one size fits all. So what what part of nutrient dense whole foods did not work for you?" Mm-hmm. Oh, it was too low carb because I wasn't eating any carbs. Well, what were you eating? Right? Yeah. And what they were okay. So it's you. So it's it's walking people through this aha moment that mm-hmm. pro, like paleo can be very high carb. Mm-hmm. Paleo could be very low carb. Most mm-hmm. people probably belong somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely believe the more I really dig into the science and after living this way for a long time in this sort of concept within primal that really there's very few people that need more than 150 grams. Mm -hmm. Very few. Right. But that doesn't mean you have to go out and track things. No, you don't have to. You can. It depends on what you're trying to get out of things. You know, Um, what kind of goals you have. And, and sometimes it's helpful for information, but I would even argue women, but it would drive you crazy because women in particular we are different from week to week in our cycle. Yeah. We're either estrogen dominant, progesterone dominant, we're insulin sensitive more so in one week than another. We've got more energy in one week than another. It's so much easier to coach a guy because hormonally he's the same mm-hmm. all the time. Whereas yeah. women hormonally are very different week to week. Yeah. And it gets really frustrating. And it's you kind of need another woman to understand what that's all about. Oh, absolutely. That's why like like I my whole online course group program is like like the paleo women lifestyle pro- like, it's, mm-hmm. like we're so different and so much of the information being put out there is like these are studies done on men like this is what's working for men and I'm like but we're <laughs> we're not men like I'm not a man right. <laughs> you know so it really it really is different um but okay let's kind of move into for a second I think it's related to like you went to IIN and which I didn't go through IIN, but I know that they teach a lot about lots of different diets. And maybe you can share a bit about your experience having gone through both IIN and Primal Health Coach Institute. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Different. So, so first of all, here's the biggest, the best way to describe this is IIN is like a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. Right. You get a little bit about a bunch of different dietary theories, whether they're valid or not. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I both know the whole like acid alkaline diet's been debunked. Yeah. <laughs> not true. Still learn it. At least they did when I went through it. But this is a while ago. Same thing with the whole blood type diet. Yeah. Guess what? Been debunked. OK, so you but but my theory when I took it at the time, first of all, it was one of maybe two programs I could even find. So I took it. Um, but I did, it was helpful to at least hear the premise behind a lot of these dietary theories 
in the event that my clients asked me about them, that was a concern I had that someone would be like, Oh, what do you think of this macrobiotic diet? Right. And that they would know, you know, expect me to know more about it. Mm -hmm. So I looked at it from that point of view. Guess how many clients have asked me, like, have you ever heard of such and such diet? What do you think? Like maybe three out of however many. So, but you know, I guess it was a good exercise for me to hear about something that sounded like it might've had a basis and then really do some more research of my own. But what I, what I felt was missing was any kind of really deep education on how the body worked. I grad when I graduated, I felt like I kind of needed to go take a class in physiology or biochemistry or something. Cause I didn't really understand how all of these things, cause you're taught, I say that in air quotes, it's really just a video mm-hmm. of like Dr. Sears or, you know, whomever is having to quote unquote, like talk about their diet. Cause they're, most of them have written a book and believe it or not, like coincidentally, Mark Sisson is now in the IIN course. He went and spoke to the IIN class back when they were in New York and it was still in person and his version was recorded and now he's listed as the faculty right? He's listed in there as teaching the paleo or ancestral health chapter. And that's why we do get a lot of IIN grads that come here because they saw Mark Mm -hmm. in the curriculum and they're like, okay, well this, this one made sense to me. So I want to know more about it. So that's, that's the biggest difference. Whereas we are in theory, one philosophy. I say that I'm like, we're not one diet. Okay. We are an ancestral health philosophy, Mm -hmm. right? Can you be mostly plant-based? Yeah. Right. Can you be so keto that broccoli is just a vehicle for butter? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Right. So, I mean, but it's, so it's one philosophy, but it's not one diet. And we go a mile deep. Mm-hmm. We go deep. Okay. Um, so that's probably the biggest difference as it relates to the nutritional training you get between both programs. And I'm finding more and more that other than maybe some of the other programs out there that are kind of rooted in ancestral health, a lot of the other ones are still kind of just an inch deep, right? Yeah. They don't go that far. Um, so that's the, that's the biggest thing. And then, um, it was all digital, just like we are just like primal is. So that was really helpful. But from a business perspective, I remember graduating thinking like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right. And they, they do give you some resources, but there's no organization to it at all. So when uh, I joined this team, and then my colleague Aaron came on board um, a few months later. The two of us have worked really hard and the entire team on what can we provide to our graduates to help them be more successful. Mm-hmm. And Aaron and I would sit around anytime we got together as a team over a glass of wine or a glass of kombucha in my case. And we would sit there and talk about what we wished we had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we've really doubled down on another piece that's missing in most programs, which is business development piece. Yeah, definitely. I think Um, people, people are pretty over. I get this question all the time about people are asking me, I'm picking between all these different programs. What do I pick? And I'm like, you know, I don't know what you want out of your, out of your education. Um, I remember when I was trying to decide, I knew that I wanted to do the nutritional therapy association in the future. Um, but I like had to, I was like waiting for September to come to enroll and I wanted to get a certification before then because I felt like I needed one. Um, and I was going to do IIN, but everybody I was talking to about it was like, honestly, don't do it. Like it's kind of a joke and I didn't want to waste my money. And then 
I found, I didn't even know that Primal existed, and then I found the Primal Health Coach Institute, and I've always, I mean, Mark is, like, the reason why I went paleo, um, and I was, like, okay, I'm sold, and then I, I did it, and I was so impressed with the program, and I just thought, like, I don't understand why everybody isn't doing this program, um, because it really is not dogmatic at all, even though it's, like, people think it's, like, primal like people think that you're gonna learn how to eat like marxism eats and it's like right <laughs> not like that um but it goes through like the science behind how everything works it goes through everything you need to know about nutrition but also like what's applicable like grocery shopping and like prioritizing organic and should you shop at a csa or local or like what should you do in terms of that and then it goes through all of the lifestyle factors like sleeping, sunlight, exercise, and then also all the business. And I didn't, I don't know of any other programs that literally cover all of that. And that is the one thing that's different between NTA and Primal Health Coach, um, just saying from my perspective, like, because I've done them both, and I loved both so much. Um, But everything applicable, like, day-to-day, here's what I'm going to tell my client to do in their life, was from Primal Health Coach, while NTA was mostly, like, all the the behind-the-scenes, how the body is working. Um, We didn't really talk about food at all or, like, actual nutrition. Um, So that was kind of the difference for me, and that's why I feel like I'm really glad I did both because had I just done NTA, I wouldn't have known what to do with clients. Yeah. I think they, those programs actually work really well together. They do. Um, like, I'm so glad I yeah. did both. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I want to take the NTA program, but here in Illinois, the laws are so restrictive. It just doesn't even make sense. Cause I'm not going to be able to use half of what I learned, but yeah. when I move, when I moved, hopefully to a state with better laws, mm-hmm. right. Then that's when I'll enroll in that course and be able to incorporate more of that into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean the thing with IIN, I don't think it was horrible. I just don't think it was. I think it's way overpriced, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. If if, if it cost a thousand dollars, okay, you know, but yeah. it doesn't. It cost. I think I played almost six thousand dollars. Yeah, that was so. the, the feedback. I, people were telling me like, you're not going to learn anything that you don't already know. Um, right. So that was kind of what I got out of it. But let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk more about health coaching in general because I think there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who are health coaches or want to become them. Um, And the law, the laws around coaching and what advice you can give and can't give can be very confusing. And I think this is something I didn't even think about when I was um, signing up to do this because I live in California and I can say whatever right. I want. Um, and then it's like I, a wild, wild west. Yeah. As, as soon as I started learning more about it slash like I'm moving and I was thinking about maybe moving out of state potentially. Um, and then I had to actually think about this. Like, wow, if I was in certain states, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. Can you sort of explain what the, what the difference is in like, what makes you say like, if you, you know, why couldn't you do certain things in um, Chicago if you did NTA? Because I think people know nothing about this. Right. So it's not that there's laws on the books about health coaching specifically. It's not like there's a law that says health coaches can only do this, this, or this, or health coaches. It's not that. It's that there are licensing laws that will limit 
who can provide quote unquote nutrition advice from mm-hmm. state to state. And every law, every state's a little bit different. So about half the states, the laws are pretty liberal. Mm-hmm. So California is one of those, believe it or not, New York is one of those, uh, Colorado, Texas, um, South Carolina, North Carolina just changed their laws. So there's, there's a bunch where the laws are relatively liberal. Um, there are some like Calif- like that are just what, like there's no law at all. Mm-hmm. Anybody can get, there's like, no, there's no licensing laws, nothing. And then there are some that do have licensing laws. And all that means is you are licensed with the state as a registered dietitian or a licensed nutritionist. And they have parameters about what, what requirements are necessary to meet that. But you don't have to have a license mm-hmm. to be paid to provide nutrition care. Right. But only licensed people can receive insurance payments and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you've got, got the other half of the states where the laws are much more restrictive, where only a registered dietitian or a licensed nutritionist or some other allied health provider where nutrition care is part of their service, right? Like a doctor, chiropractor, something like that. Only those people can give, you know, prescriptive nutrition care, individual nutrition care, right? Um, And then there are even some states where the laws are even worse, where you can literally be sent to jail. That's not very many, but, and I don't want people really concerned about that. All you need to do is stay within your scope. Mm -hmm. Broadly speaking, generally speaking, you know, freedom of speech affords us the ability to go out and educate people. Mm -hmm. Right. So for example, here in Illinois, I do not provide meal plans. I don't put anybody on a diet. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not treating, diagnosing, prescribing anything. What I am doing is teaching you how to eat. Mm-hmm. Right. We talk about food. We talk about how to eat. I educate people on how food affects the body. Oh, I happen to have a client who is um, knocking on the door of being pre-diabetic, like her A1C levels are high and her, you know, her high blood pressure and some other things. So when she came to me, I had to expressly tell her, I don't treat this. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what I, we can do is talk about what this diagnosis means to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's talk about why you don't want to be diabetic. Okay. Let's talk about which foods actually support moderating blood sugar mm-hmm. and why that's important. Right. And how you might build a meal that's going to regulate your blood sugar rather than spike your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. What snacks are going to be appropriate. Right. But I'm not writing her a meal plan or anything. I'm giving her a broad shopping list of foods that are nutrient dense. They're whole foods in nature. We talk about why, you know, even from the standpoint of a carbohydrate, broccoli might be better for her than a sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, under certain conditions. And, and, but we do, we, I spent time talking about these nuances and for people too. Um, and it's really more about education. It's about relationship building. But at the end of the day, maybe the first few sessions I have with a client are even really talking specific about food because mm-hmm. then the rest of these sessions really tend to move into lifestyle, how they can incorporate these things. I don't know about you, but I find a lot of clients by that sixth or eighth week in a program with me, they start to get just like decision fatigue. <laughs> like, I'm so, so I'm so like tired of having to work so hard to do this because it doesn't feel natural yet. And they think there's something wrong with them. And I'm like, no, you've spent decades, right? Doing it the other way. I, you know, to try to expect this to be easy for you in six weeks is not fair to you. 
right? So let's talk about how to overcome that stuff. I think this ties into the question that people have of like, how do I know if I should work with a health coach? Like what's the difference between working with a health coach and like a nutritionist or a doctor or an, a functional medicine doctor or a dietitian or like people get them all confused. Um, so maybe you could sort of answer that question as people don't know who they should be going to see. So I think it depends on what the issue is, mm-hmm. right? If you're sick, you should go see a doctor, yeah. <laughs> you should, right? You should go see a doctor. And, and the, to, typically speaking, what I'll hear from most people that come out of that is my doctor told me I need to lose 20 pounds or my doctor told me I had to eat better. You know, they tend to get very broad, like non-descriptive advice, mm-hmm. right? And, or if they're lucky, the doctor will refer them to a nutritionist or a dietitian. Right. In which case, then that nutritionist or dietitian will put them on a dietary plan. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and I've had my own experience with these in, in these situations, sometimes that dietary plan is not always the optimal one. Yeah. Um, OK. And I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. But but it's typically better than what they started with. I will definitely say that, right? Um, as far as the diet they're on, so a doctor is going to going to diagnose them with an issue. They're going to prescribe some sort of outcome that they want that client to achieve, mm-hmm. whether it's losing twenty pounds, reducing their sugar, lowering their blood sugar, get you know all this other stuff. Maybe they'll get some broad advice like reducing salt intake or reducing. Maybe if they're lucky, they'll be told to reduce sugar. The doctor tells them that I'm thrilled, right? Um, and then we get into kind of, so the dietitian and the nutritionist, depending on who they are, what state they're in, in their role, that's where they're going to get a meal plan, right? Like a dietary plan that's designed to treat something. Mm-hmm. But what they typically don't do is any kind of follow-up. It's here's your diet. Good luck. Come back in a month or come back in two months or, or come whatever. And then when the client comes back or the patient comes back and they haven't adhered to it, it's the client's fault. Mm-hmm. It's right. Because I lack discipline or, you know, all these other factors. So that's where a health coach comes in. A health coach can actually be a part of the solution, can work with the doctor, can work with the diet. So, okay, I've got my marching orders, Laura, help me figure out how to implement it. What does this mean in my everyday life? Just like what you were saying, right? Where the rubber meets the road. Okay. So I need to lose 20 pounds. How are we going to do that? And the dietitian says, these are the things that I should be avoiding. So how, how do I do that? And what does this mean for my snacks, my this, my that? And then as a health coach, we can walk them through, well, wouldn't it be nice to not need snacks? And we can get them through all that stuff. Now, someone can come to just a health coach and learn to feel better without ever going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. But I think it depends on what what your concern is. If it's just that, hey, I'm kind of anxious and I'm low on energy and I'm not sleeping well. I mean, I think you can work with a health coach and get there. Mm-hmm. But if you've got some severe symptoms like what I was going through, mm-hmm. I was legitimately sick and I was I had infection after infection. I had to go to a doctor. Unfortunately, the answer was the wrong answer. It was antibiotic, 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 which just made things worse. But at the end of the day, it was still a licensed practitioner that helped me. It was a chiropractor right? Mm-hmm. A functional medicine doctor that helped me. But I think a health coach comes into play either as a standalone solution or in addition to mm-hmm. other kind of trusted health providers. Yeah. Also, yeah, absolutely. And also I think of it as something more like long-term and like it's really, it's a coach versus like a lot of times if you just go to a dietitian, it's like, okay, you walk in, they tell you what you think and then you're gone and you're kind of on your own versus somebody who's a health coach is invested in you and 
I the reason why I love health coaching is because it encompasses all aspects of your of lifestyle because with so I see plenty of people who their diet's great like they're eating squeaky clean paleo primal whatever um it's not it's not that it's like the they're not sleeping they're stressed out they are not getting outside they don't know like how to move their bodies overtraining like all of these things and it really is it's a health coach in general like it's not just food um and someone who like is there for you as a coach um so that's why I think, especially for people who, you know, I think this is becoming a much bigger conversation thanks to, like, Chris Cre- Chris Cresser's work about how we need health coaches to kind of carry this out because there's not enough doctors in the world to, like, invest all the time in everybody who comes in to see them because there's just – it's just too much, you know. So it can be, like, if your doc – if your – if your functional medicine doctor is like your your quarterback and then your health coach is like helping you carry everything out, then that's all that's right. a much better use of everybody's time and money, I think. One hundred percent. You're one hundred percent right. And and you're right, health coaching relationships tend to be longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to encourage my clients to have like we're gonna have a graduation date, right? Mm-hmm. Um that my my goal is so that you don't need me anymore. But I'm always, always here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they tend to be your best referrers, you know, yeah. um, but they do, they tend to be longer. I, I don't think you can, I mean, as much as I love challenges, 21 day challenges, 30 day challenges is whatever to get help people experience that metabolic change, mm-hmm. right. For people to be like, wow, I felt awesome. Can't mm-hmm. wait to eat the donut or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not, that's not really a coaching program and they, they're not typically longer term. Right. So that's where a real coaching relationship really needs to be longer than that. Right. That's why our right now, the one we built for the course, meaning, Hey, when you graduate from the primal health coach Institute, here's a, it's a 12 week program. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Right. We put it together. We formatted it for you. You can use it. You don't have to use it. If you've got your own things, that's fine. Or if you want to, over time, modify it and make your own completely fine. But we've got an entire infrastructure for you, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Client, we could get you there in six weeks because I have this conversation with folks a lot. Twelve weeks sounds like a long time. and It's kind of expensive. I'm like, yeah, I get it. And we can try for six. It might work. Mm-hmm. But I know this works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know 12 weeks works, right? Um, some people need longer, but as a rule of thumb, if you're if you're doing this right, 12 weeks is going to get someone pretty far. Okay. I would all, I would love to talk a little bit more about from the other side of things. I think um, I'm hearing from a lot of people, okay, there's this idea, like, uh, there are a lot more health coaches now. Like, everybody's out and people don't know how to find a good one who's legit who's not slash a lot of people are feeling like well I can't be a health coach because I don't have a platform so I can't do it or like how would I get clients no one knows how to get clients and I'm like you don't have to be a blogger to be a health coach um I think that most of the better health coaches are not (laughs) bloggers um personally but um maybe you could share a bit more about like strategies like for someone who's nervous like maybe they're really interested in this and passionate about it but they have this mindset of like it's an oversaturated space I don't know how I would get clients like I don't know what I would do yeah so I think that's a misconception I don't think it's oversaturated by any stretch of the imagination there might be pockets geographic pockets Mm -hmm. right maybe in Southern California where everybody's an actor or everybody's a health coach right um but really yeah but the market really is not that saturated first of all Mm -hmm. second of all 
think about the sheer number of doctors there are on the planet right now, millions, mm-hmm. and they're overwhelmed, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. right? We are going to need three, four, five times the number of health coaches at this point in order to just keep up with where we are from the standpoint of overall health. The market really is not saturated. The other aspect of this is the the type of client that I would be really good for is going to be different than the type of client that you would be a really good match for. Mm -hmm. I have referred people to other coaches because they weren't a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. I've I've done that, you know? Um, So I, and you can build a little consortium of, of folks that you can refer people to. But, um, and you don't have to be a blogger. You don't have to do it. Look, I do think you need to have a web presence. You need to be findable. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that's how you um, garner clients. I mean, my first clients came from the fact that I was, was like the one mom that my kids didn't eat hot dogs and Doritos. Mm-hmm. I brought real food to the, to, you know, especially like things like baseball tournaments or soccer tournaments and we're there all day. Like I brought, I, I brought ceviche one day just because I happened to make it, you know? Oh my God, that's I, amazing. I, like, I had ceviche and plantain chips and, you know, my kids loved it. I had guacamole, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of the moms and dads would be like, oh my God, you make us feel bad and where do you find the time to do it? I'm like, it's once you get in the habit of it, learn how to meal prep, it's really easy, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, that was my first challenge group. I offered to do, Hey, well, if you guys want to try it, let's get a group together. We'll do a 30 day challenge. I'll teach you what this is all about. And you know, we'll just get started. I also did, um, where, uh, we had a tournament coming up and people were talking about, you know, bringing food to these things and what have you. And I'm like, Hey, look, if you guys want to, I'll collect some money, X number of dollars ahead and I'll meal prep it all. I'll bring it all. And well, I'll eat healthy food and the kids are going to love it. Trust me. And, you know, so I've, I've done things, it's just organic and it kind of spun out of what I was already doing and how it fit my lifestyle. And, you know, so that's where that kind of mom's group came from, right? Those people that I tend to, that tend to gravitate towards me because they know that I've tried to implement this in my own family. I've picked up people in the grocery store, some poor slob sitting at Whole Foods trying to, because his doctor told him he needed to eat better and lose weight. And he's looking at the back of the package, trying to figure out what the heck is in it. Mm-hmm. And can I eat this, you know, and Hey, can I help you? Oh, do you work here? No, <laughs> no, I don't work here. I shop here, but you know, this is one of the things I do. Can I help you with something? And Oh, really? What do you do? And it starts a conversation, you know, but it just came out of this authentic desire to want to help this poor person who was sitting there looking just tremendously confused. Yeah. I think that is a question that people actually get nervous about. Like a lot of health coaches don't know how to, how to even describe what they do. I'm curious what you say when someone, like when someone says, what do you do? What do you say? Yeah. We talk about this in the course, actually. I don't know if you've seen this new exercise. We call it our unique value proposition exercise. But, um, so if someone asks what I do, I just tell them I'm a health coach. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if they're, interested, if they're really not interested, if they're just trying to be polite, they'll be like, Oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. I like it. Right. Uh, but if they, if they are, they're, Oh, a health coach. That's interesting. What's that? Mm-hmm. Right. What do you do? What do you say? What are you a nutritionist? I get that all the time. Or are yeah. you a personal trainer? You know, I'm like, ah, eh, you know, health coaches actually do a lot of different things. You know, there's different types of health coaches out there. I find that I work best with busy moms who are anxious about raising a healthy family and teaching their kids proper eating habits. And in addition to that, worried about their own health. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then people might be like, wow, okay, well, how do you do that? And that's where you can get into it. So we'll teach you, that was a little bit long, but we'll teach you like a, how to express what it is you do for whom to solve what problem in one sentence. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's that sort of unique value proposition that's then going to help inform your brand, mm-hmm. inform your messaging, inform who your target market is and all of these things. So, I mean, we'll teach you how to do that, but just be authentic about it. Don't feel like you have to have this well-crafted elevator pitch. Just be true to who you are. Have a couple of maybe things that you've said a lot in your back pocket that you can use. And you may find with people, well, I'm not a busy mom, but I'm worried about my kids or, but I'm worried about, you know, being a burden to whomever, you know? Mm -hmm. So you may find that it's a different target audience, but they've got a desire and a need for what it is you're selling, right. Or what it is you're doing. Yeah. Do you see people in person or virtually or both? I do both. You know, because I own a gym, I do see a lot of people in person, right? We do a lot of workshops. I do an eight week in-person class. We'll do another one um, starting next year. Um, But even a lot of my local people just want to talk on the phone rather than having to get in person. I know. No one wants to, no one wants to meet each other. Um, The, the other thing I wanted maybe you to talk about, or if someone goes through a health coaching program, like, do they have to see clients one-on-one? You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people, we've got a few coaches that have built an entirely online practice and all they do is, you know, just online challenge type groups, right? Everything Mm -hmm. is online. It's really more group related. There's several people who are doing that. Mm -hmm. Other people love the one-on-one model. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I just think you need to base your practice on, I think you need to start with what do you want your life to be? Mm-hmm. How do you want to live your life? What type of practice do you want to have and build it mm-hmm. rather than trying to, you know, fit a square peg in a round hole. Right. Yeah. I want to be a health coach. I don't know what that means. I mean, and I learned that the hard way too, kind of just getting started and not knowing what I was doing. I was kind of all over the place, but the more you can just be true to what it is you want your lifestyle to be yeah, or who your target market really is and what that market needs that will all define itself. I think there are also just so many ways to use this information beyond just, even if you don't even want to work with people, like you can be a consultant for so many different types of companies or brands. You can go, you could help like corporate wellness culture. Um, you could oh, for sure. work for food brands and like help inform them. Like you can use this information in so many different ways, or there's so many websites now who need someone to be like writing about health topics. Um, things like that. So there's just a lot, like, I just don't want people to feel pinned into like, okay, I did this program. I have to see one-on-one clients and then you're not stuck there. Like it's like with any, you go to college to get a degree, you can use it in 5 million different ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Find your zone of genius, right? That's what Christine Hassler says. Yes. Um, I'm so, wait, but how did you like, you were coaching, and then how did you start working for the Primal Health Coach Institute? Like, where did that transition? Yeah, so I um, they sent out an email one day. They cool. were upgrading the Primal Blueprint Expert Certification to the Primal Health Coach Certification Course, mm-hmm. and they needed somebody to be in this role of like it, like admissions and sales and what have you. And so they had an entire job description 
along with the type of back, the ideal background and skill set. And I just read it sitting on the couch with my husband and I'm like, I read this to him too. And he's like, Oh my God, that sounds like you. I'm like, I know they might as well just thrown my picture up there and been like, has anybody seen her? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I wonder how much it pays, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it'd be worth that. And my thought too is how cool would this be to kind of go hand in hand with the gym and the, the two brands. And, um, so I'm like, should I apply, you know? And so I'm like, I guess we'll apply. But then if that's the case, then things are going to have to change a little bit. It sounds like it's a full-time job and what have you. So I'm like, eh, I'm going to apply. If I get it, then I'll worry about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I applied and I got a call and I got to interview with, um, Aaron, Aaron Fox, who's our kind of managing director, managing partner. And then I got to interview with Mark Sisson. I was on the phone with Mark Sisson <laughs> talking about a job. What? Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, so I got the offer and, we talked about it both as a husband and wife and then the team at the gym. And so I took it and it's been a blast. Amazing. It's really been great. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are like, I feel like you guys are like this old tight knit little family. This is not a ton of people yeah. over there. Yeah, no, we're small, small and it's a virtual group. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no office for mm-hmm. us anyway. Um, I'm in Chicago, Erin power, who's head of product development. She's in Calgary, Canada, uh, my colleague, Michelle, who helps me on with admissions, she's in Ohio. Chloe, who's just a doll, she's sort of head of student graduate support. She's in California. Bess is our accountant. She's in North Carolina. Erin mm-hmm. Fox is in Sydney, Australia. Mark's in Malibu. Yeah. So, I mean, we but we get together on a team call. We use Skype. And yeah. it's this nice little virtual office, virtual team. But we get together at least once a year. So we'll all actually, if anybody is listening and wants to meet us at Paleo FX, we're all going to be there oh, at yeah? Paleo FX this year. Yeah. Were you, you weren't there last year though, right? Yeah. You were? There. Okay. Mm-hmm. I must've missed you then. Cause I know when I, cause yeah, I went maybe. to the booth and I was talking to Chloe. Um, and that's, I think originally how we got connected. Um, but I didn't see you, yeah. so I probably just was there when you when you were somewhere else. I pro- yeah, I had probably stepped away. It's a long day. Yeah, it's a <laughs> long. Yeah, it's definitely long, yeah. but it's fun. Um, so yeah. everyone go to Pillow Facts. But okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me and sharing all of this. Um, can you like tell people if they want to get more information um, from you, if they want to connect with you, slash learning more about the program, where should they go? Yeah. So just go to primalhealthcoach.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also send you a link as well that you can maybe put somewhere in your show notes or even on your website to like yeah. our guidebook that mm-hmm. will allow people to download it and really understand what's in the course. But at the end of the day, just call me. Mm-hmm. This is really all the conversation is going to be. It's just me and you talking about you and what you want to do. I'm not here to be like, enroll now. You know, I, I want you to make the right decision for yourself. And that's yeah. what I'm here for. So I have a, what's my number? Eight. <laughs> Four three zero seven seven six six two. You can always call, but the website works because the phone number's on there. There's a whole bunch of information you can download, um, and let's just talk about it. Let's talk about if if health coaching is something that's going to be right for you, and if this course is a good fit, and we'll get you started. Awesome. Yeah, I'll put it all in the show notes. I think that's the first time anyone's ever given out a phone number on my podcast. <laughs> it's easy. It's yeah. usually a risky decision, um, but it's different for you. <laughs> Amazing. It well, is. thank you again so much. Um, and I can't wait for people to learn more about this program. Me too. Thanks so much, doll. It's great to actually see you face to face. 
I know. It's so nice. We'll have to do it again. <laughs> yes, I love it. Huge thank you to Laura for coming on the show. Love chatting with her. She is a wealth of knowledge and information and just hilarious. She's great to chat with. So make sure you call her up if you want to learn more about the program or you can head to the website to learn more about Primal Health Coach Institute. You can go to primalhealthcoach.com slash realness to learn more about the program and to see if it might be the right fit for you. Thanks so much for listening. Again, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. If you listen to this on Thanksgiving or even afterwards, I hope it was a grand time. Make sure you join our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, and get to know the other people who listen to the show. If you enjoy this, please leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps me out a lot. Get the word out about the podcast. And when you share episodes, it always means so much to me and really helps me out as well. A great way to show me support what I'm doing, and I love it. I love getting to know you guys and hearing what you like because I want to make you happy because I love you. You're the best. All right, that's going to be it for this episode. Enjoy your Black Friday, Cyber Monday shopping. Don't get too crazy, but get a little crazy. Okay, I'll talk to you next episode. Bye.